Hello and welcome back to Author Conversations, presented by Arcadia Publishing and the History Press. I'm Jonathan Foster. This week we go back to the Old West and take a look at the famous Whiskey Row in Prescott, Arizona. Whiskey Row would see miners spending their hard-earned money as fast as they got it on gambling, whiskey, and other vices in such a mining town. Author Bradley G. Courtney will tell us all about the boomtown, Whiskey Row, the fire, rebuilding, and other great anecdotes from this Wild West town. Bradley is the author of Prescott's original Whiskey Row and the upcoming Whiskey Row Fire of 1900, which will be available January 20th, 2020. Brad, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for doing this. You bet. Yeah, it's my privilege. Um, I've got to go out west on a couple of trips. Um, so you, you're you not just an author of the West. You actually were a tour guide down the Colorado River, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, there was nothing like it. It's uh, I'd still be doing it today, probably, if wasn't for kids and life and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I loved it, man. It was... Uh, it was just indescribable almost. So have you always had that love for the Wild West in that time period? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in Michigan, but uh, I remember reading all my dad's books. You know, he had books about Geronimo and other Old West books, you know, that I just read as a kid. And and uh, the Navajo Reservation was always kind of like a, uh, a fascination for me. And I ended up living there for 12 years. Uh, teaching there and uh yeah i've been able to live the life so tell us about the early history of prescott because whiskey row is in prescott but it's not the actual town right it's in prescott yeah whiskey row is a feature i guess it's really the the tourist attraction but uh yeah prescott uh began when uh, arizona became a territory abraham lincoln made it a territory and he appointed john goodwin to be the governor and uh what's called the governor's party made their way down uh, the the trail. I forget the name of the trail. But, uh, yeah, and they were actually headed for Tucson because they thought, you know, that was always assumed that was going to be the capital. But this area here was actually unmapped. It was like the only unmapped area in the, um, you know, in the lower 48, even though it was a territory. And uh, there was um, uh, gold discovery. And when the governor's party heard that, they started heading this way because this this was the, the gold fields and they got here and uh, the governor uh went around the state looking for you know what might be the capital in the meantime uh, these guys were here and they started mapping out a town and they just assumed the capital was going to be here and like i said it was unmapped so it was really unusual and he got back and there were already plans uh in the making and sure enough, out of nothing, they made the capital uh, right here in, you know, what became Prescott. They named that the William Hickling Prescott. Prescott, I guess actually how you pronounce it, Prescott. That's how they say it around here. But, uh, yeah, and the capital went up. And then as soon as the, you know, and the other practical buildings went up, and just as uh, quickly, the saloons went up because the saloons were the social hubs of, of the Old West. They say that the um, the history of the West was written in saloons, and that's kind of true. But, yeah, these primitive saloons went up, and eventually a row formed on what's called here Montezuma Street. And uh, that's what eventually became Whiskey Row. So around 1874 or something, they started calling it that. But they weren't real uh, proud 
to have a row named after whiskey because whiskey caused a lot of problems and uh they kind of kept it a secret but uh right around that time whiskey row was formed they kept it a secret but it also and i was reading you know early on in your first book it also had a rating system for the saloons kind of like a tier system that was me Uh, that yeah that was that was strictly me yeah uh, oh, okay, you gave it that rating system. Yeah, I I, I did that because uh, yeah, because the uh, Palace Saloon is still here, and it actually has its roots traced back to 1874, and uh, that's why I I rated the Palace and the Cabinet Saloon. They merged uh, after the, this big fire, which is what the next book is about, and uh, yeah, so the Palace and the Cabinet were the first tier because they're 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 still here, really. So, and for those original saloons, if you had a chance to go back, if you just had one you could go back to, which one would it be? It'd be the Cabinet Saloon, because that's the one where the Earps would have gone and Doc Holliday would have gambled. And, uh, you know, it's, I say it's Spectre's still here, because the Cabinet merged with the Palace Saloon, and uh, and they just named it the Palace Saloon. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, that's where the Earps went doc holiday went big nose kate so yeah that's the one and, and partly because that's where uh you know the palace saloon is still here and the, the palace saloon is just as much the cabinet as it is the palace saloon see that would have been my choice too because anybody who listens and have heard us with a, when i interviewed the author of haunted tombstone and right. listen to the history podcast i did last week because i do a midweek history podcast know that i love doc holiday because i'm from his hometown Oh, no kidding. That would be my choice. Yep, Griffin, Georgia. Yeah, and uh, what's her name? Mary Wilcox writes about him. She lives in his house. I think that's her name. But she writes... uh, Yeah, I think she has a website about him, yeah. Yeah, I I, I think that's her name. But yeah, she writes uh, these historical fiction books about Doc. Yeah, and he was here. And uh, I've um, calculated that he was here probably for eight months. So he came here with Wyatt. White went down to Tombstone with Virgil, and uh, James was with him too. But um, Doc stayed here because Whiskey Row was the gambling center of the of the territory, so he had a good time here with with Big Nose. There's a great picture of him too, uh, taken in when he was in Prescott. It's a very very well known picture image. Yeah, so hey, let me ask you a question because you sound like the guy that would know this and maybe be able to explain it to me because I've heard it. I've seen it in movies. Can you kind of tell me, how do you play Pharaoh? I don't know. <laughs> I Nobody think, seems to know. I, I, uh, I've, I've seen it, you know, but uh, I've seen it demonstrated. Uh, there's a board for it, but uh, I don't know. I, 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 I write about it and talk about it, but I have no idea how it was played. I guess it was, a, you know, for a gambler, it was a good thing because it was 50-50 chance of winning. But I don't know. Maybe because I, I, nobody knows how to play it. That's how the, yeah. game, the house always wins because nobody really knows how to play the game. So. And it was way more popular than poker. And, uh, you know, people just don't play it anymore. It was it was the thing at the time. Yeah, So, uh, but throughout Prescott and Whiskey Rose history, there's been a lot of colorful characters. Uh, what's some of your favorite characters? Um, maybe Violet Baby Bell comes to mind for me, reading about her in the book. Yeah, that's quite a story, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, in that story, you know, she was left on the bar 
uh, men gambled for her, and then they, uh, the probate base judge came in and took her because that's what probate judges did at the time. You know, they were in charge of adoptions, and uh, he ends up keeping the baby and adopting the baby with his wife, Allie. She died two years later, but I really believe uh, that uh, the whole town never let on, never told her how she came to be with the Charles and Allie Hicks. Yeah, she's she's an interesting and interesting one, and that was that was a fun one to pick apart because uh, you know there was a legend, and uh, a lot of the facts were changed around. The story was all changed around, but uh, yeah, that was an interesting one. The other guy uh, that I really think is uh, interesting is Dan Connor Thorne, DC Thorne. He's the guy that opened the cabinet, and there's all just all kinds of stories about him. He had a bear in there as a, as a mascot and, uh, it was kitted around that, you know, that was the bouncer, but, uh, you know, and the cabinet came to palace. So yeah, DC Thorne is very interesting, very, very colorful guy. Oh yeah. And so, cause just cause it's so interesting, can you give a little bit of a summary? And I think it's going to really, you know, drive people to want to learn more about it. The embellishment wars. Embellishment wars. Yeah. You read the book, didn't you? Yep. <laughs> you saw the headings. Yeah, uh DC Thorne was just always uh improving his uh cabinet saloon, trying to make it better. Uh refurbishments and he, he always had a lottery uh going on where you come in and you buy a drink and uh, that was mm-hmm. your lottery, that was your lottery ticket and you could win as much as $25, which was like $600 at the time. And then he had a uh cockfighting on uh on top of the cabinet and that was that was a big deal but uh yeah he just kept improving making his uh cabinet the state-of-the-art saloon and everybody else tried to keep up and uh yeah he was the real trendsetter of the um of the of whiskey row you had to keep up with him and then the palace came along actually in 1883 and then that was the state-of-the-art saloon and the cabinet with uh, about a third of whiskey roll burned down. And so the palace on Goodwin Street, that's, uh, let's see, that'd be south and east of uh, where the cabinet was on Whiskey Row. It burned down. And then in 1884, the palace burned down and it moved over to Montezuma Street and the cabinet rebuilt. And then uh, in 1900, when the both of them, you know, the cabinet and the palace burned down, uh, they merged, and so that's what that's what you got today, the Palace Saloon. But yeah, he was a trendsetter. Um, you had to keep up with DC Thorne. Another favorite from the first book too is William Ackie O'Neill, and just because he had so many ties to the West, uh, Tombstone, and he was a sheriff, you know, a sheriff, and he captured outlaws, and he was a, ends up being a rough rider with Rose, Teddy Roosevelt. Um, and his ties to Roosevelt doesn't end on San Juan Hill. His monument was also designed by someone uh, who designed another famous yeah. monument that features Roosevelt. Um, is he still held in a high regard in the oh, area? Yeah, he's probably the uh, most revered historic historical figure in town. There's a um, a statue, a beautiful statue, equestrian statue that the brother of the guy who did Mount Rushmore. And I don't I'm not know sure mm-hmm. if I can pronounce his name, but yeah, there's a beautiful statue here and they call it the Bucky Neal statue, but it's also the Rush Rider statue. But yeah, he was an amazing character. 
Sam Elliott portrayed him in that movie, The Rough Riders, but uh, I picture him different than the way he was portrayed there. He was, he had a lot of fun on Whiskey Row. He was always teased because he was always teased because he had a red face. So he was a, he was a a little bit of a drinker and, but he became sheriff and his uh, campaign slogan was, you know, why not? Give me a shot. You know, he didn't say anything else, but you know, Hey, give me a shot. Let's try it. And he got elected. Oh, if it works, it works. And apparently it did work, but he, he wasn't, he was, he was also business at the same time. He might have known how to have fun, but he also knew how to get a job done. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And he was uh, very ambitious. You know, there's a story where uh, he chased these outlaws way up to Lee, up to, toward Lee's Ferry, which is near Utah. And he caught these guys and brought them in. And uh, yeah, he, he led quite a life. It was a short life, but it was quite a life. All right. So your new book about the fire in Whiskey Row. Right. Um, and there's been more than one fire, but this one is the early 1900s. So um, it's, I haven't been able to see the whole book yet because it's right. still being edited and everything. Um, but I wanted to go ahead and talk to you on the podcast because it is coming out in January. And just so everybody knows, I'm going to take a little break from the podcast in December for the holidays. But I wanted yeah. to go ahead and interview you to get this out. Um, so we know it's about the fire. So give us a kind of, a, if you will, a preview about the fire um, how it affected Prescott, how it affected Whiskey Row, and then rebuilding and what you can see on Whiskey Row today. Yeah, very good question. Yeah, it was the pivotal event for Prescott. Really was uh, after that, you know, two-thirds of the town, or at least the business di- district, burned down. And, uh, you know, some people say it was the best thing that, that happened to Prescott because, you know, we rebuilt. And what you see today is the result of that rebuild. But – uh yeah, Prescott's history is really tied to fires because uh, in 1883, Whiskey Row burned down, and then uh, they started to rebuild. And in 1884, another big fire uh, on Goodwin Street, which is you know tied to Whiskey Row, and they rebuilt in 1884. So what happened after the rebuild of 80, 1884 was that uh, that was what was present when uh, whiskey roll burned down in 1900, but, uh, yeah, so it all went down. Uh, the legend here is, and it's true is that everybody was very actually cheerful about it. And when they rebuilt the new Prescott, you know, uh, it was the talk of the West and people came to see it. And what you see today is pretty much, you know, what they did in 1901. It's, uh, quite amazing. Yeah, was it considered, a, when it was rebuilt, was it considered a modern wonder in a way? Right, yeah. I remember this one pioneer said they were some of the best uh, buildings in the world, which is an exaggeration because, you know, places like New York and Chicago looked pretty good at that time. But, yeah, eh, if you came here and saw the Palace Saloon, uh, it's it's a it's a wonder. It's, it's just amazing. But, uh, yeah, 1901, they rebuilt it. It's actually the combination of, of two, like I said, two uh, saloons, the cabinet, the palace. And, uh, yeah, and the Hotel St. Michael's is on the corner there. And at the time, yeah, they were they were considered marbles. Excellent. Well, I'm excited. I know you're excited for your new book to come out. Um, 
I just wanted to say thanks for taking a little bit of your time today to talk to me, and uh, I look forward to hearing all the success that you're going to have with this book. Hey, I thank you very much. Thanks again, Bradley, for joining me and you for listening. Remember, you can find all of our books by visiting our website, ArcadiaPublishing.com, or by visiting your local bookstore. If your bookstore doesn't carry our books, or even your bookstore doesn't carry our books, ask them to. If you'd like to contact me with questions or suggestions for future episodes, you can reach out to me at ArcadiaAuthorConversations at gmail.com. Thanks, and we'll see you soon.